Hello, everybody. Chris Gethard here. And I know, it's Friday. That's weird. I'm showing up in your feed on a Friday instead of a Tuesday. That's because I'm giving you guys some uh, extra bonus content. And I think it's something you'll enjoy. We've been doing the beautiful follow-up series on Stitcher Premium. And uh, plugging that for a while. I'm really proud of them. There's a whole bunch of them sitting there. You can sign up right now. StitcherPremium.com slash stories. Use the promo code stories. You get a free month. And now they're all out. You can go binge them all if you feel like it. Wanted to make sure, though, we the idea came up. Why don't we release one on the feed? And obviously that helps advertise the whole project. But as soon as we had that opportunity, I knew that I wanted to release this one. Because um, we did a follow-up with a caller named Love is Everywhere. If you're a fan of the show for a while, I think a lot of people point to this call as one of the most impactful ones. You're about to hear the episode in its entirety. Really hope you enjoy it. Thanks for supporting the show. Here it is, one of our beautiful follow-ups with the caller, Love is Everywhere. Hello to all my Hamilton heads. This is beautiful follow-ups. It's uh, around one hour still. It's definitely one phone call. I do know this caller's name at this point in my life, but it's definitely still no holds barred. Oh, baby, come back. Oh, baby, come back. It's not the same since you left. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Beautiful Follow-Ups. This is your host, Chris Gethard. Thanks for joining me here as we follow up with a prior caller to the Beautiful Anonymous podcast, someone who we met over the years who we're going to get an update from. This week's caller is someone very special to me. Their original call, it was episode 69, titled Love is Everywhere. Heartbreaking, sad, but also so beautiful and so inspiring. And I just got off the phone, and I can tell you so genuinely from the bottom of my heart yet again, I find myself overwhelmed with emotion, In the course of this call, you're going to hear some very specific details of some very hard-to-listen-to things, but I encourage you to uh, take those in because, once again, this caller proves herself to be one of the most wise and kind, beautiful people who is able to share a perspective on life that is astounding. And I feel lucky that I got to have this call, and I hope that you get a lot out of listening to it. Baby, come back. Thank you for following up with Beautiful Anonymous. After the beep, please tell the host what has happened since your previous call was recorded. Hey, this is Gethard. Chris Gethard, how are you? I'm okay. I'm all right. Yeah? Yeah, kind of in my own head the past couple days, but uh, who cares, right? Who cares? (laughs) A lot of people care, actually. (laughs) No, it's a lot all, of people care about Chris Gethard. No, it's fine. Look, for me, it's just you know we set the clocks back. We get an hour less of daylight. That always messes mm-hmm. with me. And me too. I hear you. It is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how are you? I'm okay. I'm nervous, but excited and me feel too. so lucky I get to talk to you again. I feel the same way. Very nervous, <laughs> but also excited to talk to you again. And I, I met you after one of the live shows. Yeah, last a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah, yeah. It's really nice to meet that you. That was just such a cool fluke that that worked out. We you, um, were actually coming to my hometown, but we were going to be gone that weekend. And just right before your show 
something came up. You had posted that you were going to be in the same town that we were visiting. Oh, so, really? So, I met, so it worked out great. <laughs> so I met you. To, so I like that because that retains like a little bit of the anonymous side of Beautiful Anonymous. So I've met you, but right? not in a town you are actually, you actually have roots not in. Not in a town I'm from. Nope. Right. Wow. Wow. So still yeah. a little bit of mystique there. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. I like it. <laughs> All right. Now, um, your episode... When I when I take a step back and kind of look at what people think of Beautiful Anonymous, I think people bring up two episodes. They bring up the first one, Ron Paul's baby, and then they bring up your episode. Um, I think it is it is it is one of the. I think it might be the episode that a lot of the people who are longtime fans of the show say it's the it's the one that kind of. Sums, sums it all up for them. And I, I got to say thank you for that because you really put yourself out there so hard in the, in the first call. And it was uh, it, clearly, when I read the reaction, it seemed like it helped a lot of people, opened a lot of people's eyes. And I hope, it, hope that reaction was positive for you as well. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was amazing. I, um, I'm, I, yeah, nervous to talk again, knowing that so many people will <laughs> listen again, but so grateful that I get a chance to thank this community because they have really rallied around us and helped us in so many ways. We, um, we had had that phone call, you and I, and on a Friday, and then it aired just a week and a half later, and we were just really raw. It was, we had gotten bad news at that right after talking to you. And it was a very vulnerable, hard time in our life. And then that call came and the amount of love that people showed us even before they knew who we were, because shortly after that, in that Facebook group, we, um, we let people know who we were and more of our story. Most, a lot of it was because people were, figuring out super quick. It was easy. <laughs> I guess it was, they just put two and two together and knew, and the moderators at that time were being amazing at trying to keep us anonymous, but um, we're finding it kind of difficult, but we're willing to keep doing it. But we were fine to share that story and, and let people know more about our story. And still, I mean, just barely last week, I had someone from Claire across the world contact me and just let me know that they were thinking about us, that they cared about us. So um, I just, I can't adequately just express how much the community has helped and lifted us. So truly a beautiful, amazing thing. So thank you for creating this community, oh. reading your book recently, just when um, you talk about community and, and it's just interesting how you, you created this community and then it was kind of handed over to us. Um, the thing that you created and I'm so just, much support. So I'm just amazing. lucky to be a part of it. I'm very lucky to be wow. a part of it. That's I feel cool. like I get to surf the wave as much as anybody else who's a part of the community that surrounds this show. And I'm just so happy to hear that an internet driven community was a positive in your life because so often, so, positive. so often those can be very negative things, especially people yeah. in times of need or times of sorrow. Right. No, it has only been. Just a beautiful, amazing thing. And your podcast, um, you've seen that, just how it 
teaches us all to have a little more empathy with people we wouldn't normally come in contact with. And I've loved that. I've loved that opportunity just to get a little spice of life in, from people that, and, and understand people from a different angle that I couldn't have other ways go. It's a wonderful thing what you're doing. Well, thank up. you. And like I said, I'm, I'm sure it's probably not easy for you always. To, yeah, I mean, I have to delve into people's stories. That's a heavy thing. Listen, I'm the lucky one. I'm the facilitator. And then people like you call up and share things that are hard to share. And then other people appreciate it and get something from it and um, find strength in it. And I'm just extremely blessed to uh, be in that position, be in that position. And it's just so cool how people, um, people just really crave that and crave that connection and that it's just a way to make that happen. It's neat. And it was so, it was just so good for me to just, um, do you want me to give backstory on Holly's situation or was that just going to be well, yeah, I mean, We probably, uh, I mean, we should probably fill people in. I think a lot of people who are members of the Facebook group surrounding the show know because you posted there and kept everyone updated. But mm-hmm. for anybody who's not, um, you did let us know uh, how things turned out. And mm-hmm. I feel like I'm being very awkward and dancing around it. You did. You mentioned <laughs> that your your daughter did pass away since the recording of the she first did. call, and mm-hmm. I'm so so yeah. sorry. I'm so sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and um, you know, knowing that by the time the call aired, we knew that that was going to happen, and it just meant so much that her message was going to spread throughout the world. Like, there's just a mother who loses a child wants that child to live on. And I feel like that has been a way, you know, the fact that someone clear across the world just recently was bringing up Holly again, that just helps her live on. And so, um, yeah, just a, an amazing avenue for that, that I am really grateful for. So thank you. Please, please. You do not <laughs> need to thank me. That's okay. <laughs> well, yeah. I am thankful. No, it's, and it's just cool. It's cool. How, um, Something I didn't realize before this whole journey with cancer is how much strangers can um, help people feel loved. Like, I don't know any of these people. I've never met a single person that um, listened to the podcast and then I met them. I've never met anyone. But still, these hundreds, even thousands of messages from total strangers, it was just like this big hug for us. And, And I never would have thought that reaching out to a stranger and saying, I care about you, I'm thinking about you, could it, could be so impactful. And it really helped me realize, reach out to people, even if you don't know them, if you know people are hurting, reach out. And I try to be better about that, knowing how it felt for me. So it's yeah. a good thing to learn from that. I, I think that's a good uh, good thing to remember. And it's not, a, it's not yeah. always easy. It's not always easy. I know, uh, and I, I do remember once being... <laughs> Sometimes you try to reach out, and it's not what a person needs. And then, but at least you tried. I know I was one time on a subway train in New York City, and there was a young lady sobbing her eyes out, and everybody was mm-hmm. everybody was kind of looking awkwardly at her. And I sat down next to her, and and I just said, "Hey, whatever's going on, I, I hope uh, I hope it gets better soon." And I thought that was a sweet thing to do. But we were in New York City, so she turned around to me and went. Do not, you do not fuck, do not, don't fucking, oh, no. you do not. 
And I quickly got up and walked away and realized oh, that maybe she needed a little more time. Too hurt. <laughs> maybe she yeah, needed, she was too hurt. Whatever was going on at that point, a stranger's love was not was not doing the trick. But at least I tried. At least I tried. And I think most of the time it's worth trying. I, think I so. actually I think all the time because maybe she later that day thought, oh heck, he reached out to me in, in a better space where she was uh, at. I'm not mad at her. It helped her feel better. I think if we're reaching out in love, we just can't go wrong. You got more love in this world. I got to try to push back and put a little bit more positivity when we can. Yep. So how? uh, You know, I'm I'm hesitant to. I'm almost nervous to ask. um, But I think just the big, broad question is how How are you guys doing? Yeah, that's a big, broad question and a hard one to answer. So many layers to it, right? We're, when life goes on and we're still, still have a good life, but um, it's just broken. It's just hard. Hard to lose a child. It's um, more painful than I could have imagined. So it's been a new, just trying to adjust and figure out life without our Holly. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a hard thing. Yeah, I can't imagine. I couldn't imagine either. <laughs> and in some ways I think that is was a gift, not knowing I, I know um when we talked last I we were deciding, you know, if we should keep treatments, keep doing treatments or stop treatments and because the tumor had grown we decided it wasn't worth doing the treatments, but um yeah, now looking in my situation now, I would just keep fighting just for selfish reasons, just because just to avoid the pain for me. If I had known how hard it would have been, I think I would have made her go through a lot more. The same result would have happened, but I um, would have been more panicked about not doing constant things to try and keep her life. So it's it was a good thing to that I didn't know and that I was able to let her live a good life. She had, from the time we called, she had so many months of just beautiful, beautiful months that she couldn't have had otherwise. So right, super grateful for that. Right. Yeah, that's, uh, there's a lot of layers. There's a lot of layers. Yeah. How are your, uh, how's the, how are the other kids holding up? They're good. I um, <laughs> One regret I did have from that last phone call was how I threw my youngest under the bus just a little bit because <laughs> he, he was just so hard and <laughs> he has just saved me. He is um, my greatest gift right now and it's the, is my, you know, gives me reason to keep going and needs me and loves me and is um I just I, I cannot imagine life without him now and and it's gotten he's gotten so much easier because his life isn't chaos now and he's able to get more time and attention that he needed and is doing really well. And my oldest is off at college and is loving that and is happy there. And then two high schoolers that are just doing all the things high schoolers do. They're doing well. So they're good. They're doing well. That's great to hear. Awesome kids. And I love that the yeah. uh, 
I, I, I love that the one that was a uh, little pain in the ass has now right? stepped up to the plate. Right. That's really, that's <laughs> pretty amazing. It is actually pretty amazing to think back at how much he's grown up and changed and, and just really sensitive, sweet kid that loves his mom. And I need, I needed to be loved and I needed him to need me. And so he's been my reason to get out of bed. The high schoolers don't need me as much in that way. And so it's nice that I have someone that needs me to make them lunch and give him a hug as he walks out the door. So, yeah. That's he's doing well. Making my heart melt. <laughs> you make this little guy lunch. Weekend. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. He's a good one. I love him. Yeah. That's so cool. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Um I would have to imagine is there although they your other kids had so much time to process feelings and rationalize it that I I would imagine it's it's something they had time to sort of get used to but I just remember when I think so yeah how did they like I I I'm I feel I'm feel so bad because I'm, I just, you know, I'll, I'll ask questions and I hope I don't step on toes, but I, I remember like for me, I think I was in seventh or eighth grade and one of my grandparents passed away and it was just, it was just mm-hmm. a head spinning thing. And my parents had to explain mm-hmm. that to me or no, I was in second or third grade and my grandmother mm-hmm. passed away and it was like, wait, what? That's a thing that happens to people. I know it must be uh, such a, such a weird thing. To yeah. have to readjust your family and explain to all the other kids. Yeah, definitely. But I think, like you said, um, having that time, and we just were, we approached it in a way that we were very, um, very, very open about it. We didn't ever hide the fact that she was going to die. I mean, from that, from that time that we had that doctor's appointment in June of last year, 2017. And then, um, and then she passed away in March of this year. And, um, that whole time we all knew it was coming and we were, um, we were open about, I, I would be fine to share what's happened since we last called. If you're up for that, if you want to hear the story of, I'm all ears. Yeah. Wherever. Okay. Again, as always, whatever you want this to be is what it shall be. You let me know. Okay. I am. Uh, yeah. So after, after that phone call, we just um, lived life as fully as we could. Just, it was middle of the summer and Holly was able to stop all of her treatments. She had, we went home and had that conversation with her that night. And she, yeah, you know, it was so hard for her to express her feelings. And of course she cried and it was, not any conversation I would have ever wanted to have, but I asked her what, like, how much percent are you happy? How much percent are you sad and mad? And, and it was like, she felt the most optimistic little girl, but she was like 50% happy and 30% scared and 20% sad, something I can't remember exactly. But, but within just a few days, I asked her again and she just, she was just a hundred percent happy. And I think she just was so relieved to be done with all that medication and just you know she had fought for so long and 
it was so hard. And to know she had finally finished and she didn't have to worry about it. And kids are so beautiful. And I was so grateful to live through her eyes and my other children's eyes because it just mattered what was happening that day. You know, what great thing was happening. They didn't they weren't worried about what was going to happen in two months or five months. They just were worried about um, what what fun thing we were doing. And we played that summer. We just backpacking and paddle boarding and Holly was my bravest child. She was jumping off these awesome cliffs into these beautiful <laughs> pools of water and just all these amazing things. Um, and then, so we were able to sit and enjoy that, but still keeping the conversation open of where, what was happening. And by September, her scans showed that the tumor had already doubled in size. And oh, no. we knew that was coming. We knew that's what was going to happen, but it was still just so jarring to to actually see, oh, it, it really is happening. And actually your podcast was that recording that we had made previously was so helpful at that time because I just kind of questioned like, wow, what have we done? Why, why in the world did we back away from this? I mean, we knew it wouldn't do any good, but still you just can't help but to you know, question every single choice and every single um, move that we made and uh, listening back on it and just remembering why it was important that we stopped then and why it was important that we let her live her life and that we got those beautiful moments and memories with the kids. And and I think all of the kids, we just, and my husband and I, we just knew how special every minute. I don't, I don't think life will ever be quite that um, rich again because we knew what was happening and that these moments were precious and special. And, and then, and Holly kept living normal life. It was just so crazy. You know, we were just in this weird, weird place. She would go to school. I remember parent teacher conferences and she, we were sitting with the teacher and and asking what, what she thought about how she was doing. And she was kind of worried because she hadn't kept on all, up on all of her assignments. And trust me, I'd said so many times, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just do your best. And just her, like, try to live her best life, regardless of what was going to happen. She just was had this drive, which was just so absolutely amazing to watch um, to watch and experience and, and live in that space. Um, and then... In December, we were able to make a trip to my nephew's wedding, see tons of family, and I had just, you know, I, I tried to every day write down things that helped me and that, and just to find little nuggets of joy every day, and had just written down how great it was to see everybody, and, and she came in and um, showed me a lump that was on her arm, and this was the first time that it had gone somewhere else, and so I knew that um, that it was spreading and didn't know how much longer we would have at that point. And then um, January and February, it just, um, Rabjo is just a really fast growing cancer and it just kind of exploded all, I don't know how many details you want, but <laughs> tell me when to stop if I it's mean, too much. It's really up to you. But, it's really, I, I, don't, okay. <laughs> I, I just hope, I just want to make sure you don't feel obligated to share anything that you don't want to no, share. That's I, where my head No, at. I don't feel, I feel like, um, I do feel this need to share what childhood cancer is like and that 
the details don't need to be hidden. And it's a true story of a little girl that happened, but um, by January she had the tumor, you know, we could see it in her ear and um, it just started like, life started to get heavy finally. And, and still just super open with her and with their kids and she just, was remarkable. I mean, I just can't, I'll never get over the strength that she showed and her positive attitude. She just took it all, um, just accepted everything. I mean, she would complain a little, but not, not much. She just, whatever happened, we would, she'd work through it and adjust to it. And, um, it was amazing. It's amazing what, um, what children are capable of. And so, she just getting, you know, things were getting um, a lot heavier, and she, the radiation. We had, we had done another round of radiation in September just to try and alleviate some of that that quick growing, and the she was having some pain from that. But that the the uh, side effects. She just her nose was nasal passages were all messed up, and her jaw couldn't she couldn't open her jaw, and she had completely left hearing in one of her ear, and um, just found another, we were sitting in church one day and rubbing her back and found another lump in her back. So just this constant every, it felt like every day new hard things were coming and it just, um, it was pretty horrific and scary, but I mean, just her sweet message of love is everywhere was always in the forefront of our thoughts in in everything that we experienced and constantly were shown so much love um, throughout the whole thing. And it sustained us and it was amazing. I just, so many things I thought, how, how can anyone go through something like this and still feel loved and feel joy? But we just really did. It was, um, it was a beautiful thing, hard and beautiful at the same time. And then, um, and then she had a, we found a lump on the roof of her mouth that we knew would be disastrous. And it was, and um, just really ugly and hard. And she, you know, I'll spare some of the gory details. <laughs> but just know it was not a pretty thing. Really just um, pretty unreal what a little child would have to go through. I remember, you know, the, the tumor was making it so impossible to eat. And she really wanted a McDonald's hamburger. So we went and got this hamburger hoping that she'd eat she'd had such a hard time for weeks and um she took just a little bite and couldn't even swallow just a little piece of the bread and just how devastating it is as a mother to have to surrender your ability to care for your child that way because that's what we do from the moment they're born we feed them and care for them and, and meet their needs and and I couldn't anymore that was taken away and there was no reason to put her on any life sustain you know I mean they could have pumped her with stuff but but it would have just sustained what was already too terrible and so we talked to the hospice nurse who was um helped me understand that it was okay to let go of that and so just having conversations about um not you know being okay with your child not eating or drinking and Anyways, it was just uh, just such an intense, hard, hard time. But um, 
but we just always I had I had a friend once tell me to follow the lead of of the child and she just was just she was okay and we just loved her and spent every minute with her and talked about death and she didn't fear death and um we we believe that she'll live again and that we'll see her again and we talked about that and we sing songs about that and just really tried to make it as beautiful as we could for her and, and she was just funny, clear till the very end and I remember one time she was working on cleaning out her mouth and she um she just was taking forever. Her her and things were just getting really hard. I'm like, and I wished I could just do it for her. She was very independent and she didn't want me to do it. She was just so slow and she just told me, I must sloth. <laughs> it's so cute, this little, I'm just being a sloth because she was just slow and she knew she was slow, but she was okay with it. So, um, just, just so sweet and inspiring and beautiful. And, and like I said, just, really didn't complain very much. Um, and um, as things got worse, as she got weaker, we knew that we weren't going to have too much longer with her. She left, and I, I didn't know a human could go so long without food and water, but they can. She held on as tight as she could, and we loved her as much as we could. And the week of... Um, my kids were, it was spring break. My kids were in various different places and I just, I wanted them to be around. It was just such a, um, just hard to know how to navigate that. And, um, there was this one afternoon I felt like we just need everybody. Everybody has to be home. And my son wanted to be at friends and I was like, no, just come home this afternoon. And, and just, um, we all gathered together and sing songs and, prayed and told her we loved her and shortly after that she just went into a deep sleep and we um, knew that she probably wouldn't wake from it and so we had each of the kids take a chance to go and talk to her and share with her whatever they wanted and so they each took their turn and then I took my turn with her and she wasn't coherent anymore but her eyes were open and she wept with me as I told her how much I loved her and how she had done everything she could and that she could be done. And then my husband came in and just shortly after that, she took her last breath. And it was actually a beautiful, sacred experience. I was able to bring her into this world and that was beautiful and was able to let her leave this world. And I feel like angels were there with us and we gathered all the kids back and just spent time. We tried to make it as hands-on as we could for them and as safe and not scary. And so we, um, we were all together in the room. We had other family here and just, just talked about how much we loved her and how amazing she was and have continued to do that. So that is, I just am grateful for the chance to be able to share her story and her strength and her um, the beauty it was to care for her and to experience that with her. It was um, it's a beautiful experience. So thank you for letting me share. I know it's a little much. No, thank you for sharing. 
Um, I'm crying a little bit, just so you know. <laughs> I want every, you're going to hear that in my voice. Um, that is, uh, I think that to so many people is such an unimaginable situation. And it sounds like, uh, it sounds like for as awful as it, as it is to even imagine that it does sound like it, it sounds like you guys did such a good job of, of making it a situation that offered up closure and comfort, both uh, your daughter and the and your children who, you know, are still with us. And uh, yeah, that's uh, I would imagine that in a situation where there is really no positive, that that is about about as as beautiful a story that I could have just heard in relation to mm-hmm. what we're talking about. Yeah, it was, um, yeah. I think life is short, right? Nobody knows when it's there, it's going to be their time to go. And it just really, um, just put life in perspective. And yeah. you just got to love those that are around you when you can. I tell you, this makes me want to get in less dumb fights about stuff that doesn't matter <laughs> with the people I love. Yeah. It makes me want to put down my cell phone and just hang out with my wife. Yeah. And it's helped me. It's definitely changed, obviously. I don't have to say that, but it changed my life. And, I mean, you still have to live, live life, right? You got to work and you have to do all the things that we have to do, but, um, but just in the end, just remembering what it's all about. Yeah. You know, one of the things I'm so struck by is when you said, you know, you feel like as a parent, there's all these things you're supposed to do and those things get, were gradually taken from you, but it sounds like over and over again, you know, all these things where it must've been so frustrating and heartbreaking that you couldn't help her. It sounds mm-hmm. like over and over again, she actually in those moments helps you. Yeah. And that is astounding and mind blowing. Yeah. You nailed you. That's exactly how it was. And I, I didn't realize that to the extent until she was gone and she wasn't there to help me. And that's when, that's when it really got hurt. And I mean, obviously it was terrible watching her suffer, but we, we, um, but she was always still so okay to live life. She was okay. And able to, you know, obviously we had her on pain medication and she slept a lot and, um, made it through. But then when she was gone, I realized what an anchor she had been for me and how much I had relied on her for my happiness. And that's when I had to dig real deep and feel so grateful for those other kids that can be that support and just other people. And it just really um, has also given me 
a different perspective. I remember going to the grocery store just how to eat still and <laughs> the family needed food. And so, even though I was so broken and um, just hard to leave the house, we still had to go to the grocery store. So I remember going there and just looking around at this, all these people and thinking, who else from all these people, who else is hurting right now? And it just has, has totally changed how I, not always, but a lot of the time, you know, just hit the, people have been through stuff <laughs> and I had been through things. And I mean, I lost my mom when I was a teenager. And so I, I had known grief, but, um, not, not, at, nothing to this extent. I never felt such pain and, and, um, brokenness. And so just realizing that people, people live with that and that we're all somehow getting up every day and getting out the door. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> I think hats off to all of us for finding it in us to live life even when it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. It is. That is really true. That is really true. You forget. You're sitting in traffic and you're like, I'm trying, I'm trying to get to my soul cycle appointment right now. And you're like, well, the person in the next car might be driving to the hospital, dude. So maybe take a break yeah. and chill out. Maybe take yeah, a they might exactly. be. They might be. They might be driving a someplace far. They might be late to something far more serious than that. Yeah, and even choices that people make or things that don't make sense that are clearly not okay. You just um, you wonder the heartache that brought something like that on. What what kind of loneliness and sadness drives people to do things? It just don't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I keep finding myself thinking of that stretch you described after you ceased treatments and before things got really bad, when you said you guys were just able to go live, and that image of uh, her being the brave one and jumping, mm -hmm. jumping into the lake. Mm -hmm. In the... In the months since everything has happened, have you mm -hmm. have you started to have any like, you know, life? I don't want to say life moves on; it doesn't. That's not real. But have you had have you had moments in the past six or seven months where there's that similar level of oh, we're letting our guard down, feeling that joy again, or is that just a little far away right now? Um, oh, I love that you asked that question because I think it's such a huge part of grief for people. And I don't know where you've been with your, you know, in, in your own life, the experiences with grief. But I think that is the one of the harder things, especially losing a child, is just um, feeling bad when you start to feel joy again. That you know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't feel happy. And I think that's pretty a pretty common emotion to feel. It's just this, I'm not, I shouldn't be able to feel happiness. And I recognize that that would be easy to go that route and um, have really fought to still live life. And I think back to Holly, who was hurting physically for two and a half years, pretty consistently. And I 
I just wish you knew this girl. <laughs> she just lived life passionately, even with pain, and loved it. And um, just that parent-teacher conference, like she cared about, she knew she was not going to make it. The math didn't matter. She knew, but she still wanted to do her best. And I have thought of her so many times and <laughs> how I need to live life through the pain like she did. And and definitely, I, I've thought so many times just how important it is that I keep living for those that are still living and a lot of times, especially this summer, that meant putting their needs in front of my own and just going through the motions. I feel like this summer I just went through the motions because it was, I mean, there was a hole in my heart and nothing to fix that and nothing will fix that ever. It will just be part of me. And so... um but still going through the motions and being okay when I felt joy, being okay when the other kids made me laugh and knowing that that's all Holly would want for us. She would not want us to be inner sadder than we had to. Obviously she wanted us to be able to keep living life and feel joy. But the last thing she would want is for her mom to be sad. And so for her and for my other kids, being okay to be happy and also fighting still just to see, just to keep her message that love is everywhere alive. I'll tell you, it was really easy to feel that and recognize that when every day we were getting messages and love and cards and I just, I, it's... um it just is overwhelming how much support we were shown through all that. And life goes on for everybody, and I don't think it should be any different, but it's not like that anymore. And I don't even want it to be like that anymore. But I now I have to really fight to recognize love and to see it. And to be the person that shows the love to other people, I think that's key too with that. Before it was just in the receiving because that's where we were at. But now this is a chance to give back love and to, to keep that alive and to just to fight. I think you just kind of have to fight through life, unfortunately, and fight to see, to see the good. And, um, so yes, (laughs) the answer is yes. It's been harder than I could imagine, but yes. We absolutely find joy. And we went back to those same cliffs and jumped off those same cliffs and it hurt, but it was beautiful and good to be there. And to what we talk about her constantly, (laughs) she is still very alive in our home (laughs) Yeah, and talk about the things she would love and the places she would love to be there with us. So I just... I just want to say life is too great to give up on. (laughs) Life is too great to give up on. (laughs) I got to say again, you are, this is not, this is not a thing that we have like a pre-interview for and take notes on. Like you (laughs) twice now have been so, (laughs) just so remarkably able to 
throughout a lot of pain, just express yourself in ways that are so clear and beautiful and that really helped people. And I find, I'm, I am so, so glad that we're able to talk about Holly and deservedly so, and to hear you tell us so many amazing things about her. But I do just want to make sure that I take a second to let you know that you are an astounding person for being able to put this out there because it's not, it's not something most people would be able to do at all, let alone in a way that is like just so simple and profound and, and uh, right at the core of all these emotions. And I can't thank you enough. And I just, I, I want to make sure that as someone from the outside who's only met you once and now talked to you, this is the third time, you are an incredible person. That's nice of you to say. <laughs> I, that's nice of me. <laughs> I think I'm pretty average, but... but av- average people are the best ones. Average people are the right. best people. <laughs> that's it's true. But that, it's true. That's exactly it though, right? Because everybody listening, that's, mm-hmm. I, think that's, I think that's why you connected so hard the last call and why this one is undoubtedly going to do so as well because average people live through these things every day mm-hmm. but not yep. ev- not everybody can explain it the way you do and not everybody can offer up so much out of it if that makes sense and it's uh well, nice thank you i am i am in awe that i get to speak with you because this is not easy and you keep making me cry because you keep saying such beautiful <laughs> profound things sorry no you I'm, cry it, it, the last thing i wanted from that was a sorry and i think you know that i'm thinking i did want to ask you know you keep bringing up the word you know you keep mentioning grief and obviously there's so much of it like a deep well of it how are you how are you, are you how are you able to process it where your thoughts remain this clear and and where you remain focused so positively is it something that you're kind of doing in solitude is it something happening within your household are there are there organizations are you are you seeing professionals like how are you processing this in a way that is um so clearly you know like i said productive and forward thinking um hmm. That, yeah, that's been the focus of my thoughts the past <laughs> six months. I, I didn't, um, I didn't know that grief would take such a physical toll. Um, I, I think because we had lived in this state of, you know, that fight or flight for so long, because we were always revving so high, we never knew what was going to happen, and so, um, so yeah. Anyways, that I. Have, I am having a lot of side effects from all of that for just from the trauma of it all. I think that that's what surprised me so much is just how um, uh, just how much trauma affects us and how hard it is to recover from it. So I don't know yet. I mean, I, I don't feel like I'm in a, I feel like I still need help. I have not sought professional help, mostly because I and too lazy to make that phone call and just finding the time for it. But I do a lot of research on my own, a ton of research on my own. 
and just try and really listen to myself and my body and what, um, and being okay with whatever emotion, wherever I'm at on that day is okay. And I think just accepting that, um, it's okay to be sad one day. It's okay to be happy. It's okay to be scared. I, you know, I wake up almost every morning just, just in that flight or fight kind of emotion. And I think just from the trauma of it all, and I might need to get professional help along the way. I would love to, um, you know, I, I try and figure out ways to fix it on my own, but I don't know. I don't know if it's even possible. <laughs> after going through so much trauma to be able to, but just really um, being aware of, of why I feel how I feel and accepting it and being really kind to myself. If there's some days that I just can't do much, being totally fine with that and accepting that and also um, pushing myself when I can. I don't, I'm not one to sit around and I think I would be incredibly depressed if I just stayed home all the time and grieved that way. So for me, I just keep really busy and, um, I'm a piano teacher. I teach, I have a lot of students and I work at the, or I help at the school a ton and, um, I surround myself with the best people. I have amazing friends and amazing family and a church community who has walked by our side every step of the way. And I think I, I had listened to this um, and I listened to a lot of podcasts and other people's stories. It's amazing how much it puts your own life in perspective and was listening to this woman that had lost everything or all, her in a fire, had lost her, all of her children. And, and she, she just, talked about surrounding yourself in love and and so I try and do that I I have an amazing community of friends and family and they lift me up and they help me and and I just try really just to get outside of my mind and myself and realize that everyone's life it's really bad <laughs> not, not, I guess I, and I kind of mean that like we just all have really hard things I'm not the only yeah, one I don't mean to and, laugh but it's it's, it's amazing to hear that as as and it have it feel like such a positive, you know. I think it helps to know. It you does. know, actually, you at your comedy act talk about we shouldn't all try and think life is perfect. It's just not perfect, no and way. if we just take a moment to think, life's just as bad and. And what right do I have to have a perfect life? And, and when I, seriously, when I talk to friends or whoever, every time I'm like, oh, actually, my life's pretty great. <laughs> and I have a lot of great things going for me. And that makes all the difference, too. I, um, yeah, just focusing on, I still have, I really have a wonderful life. And I hurt every day. But so do a lot of people. We all hurt. Yeah. And it's given me a different ability to love and and recognize that and and be okay with that. That 
and I and I know I'm not ever going to get over it, right? So I don't have to try to get over it. Right. I just know, I just have to try and figure out how to still find even just like one moment of beauty in the day, and that's enough. Right. And being okay with that. That is. That's one of those things that could sound so daunting, but actually sounds so freeing to realize like there's no getting over it it's not a thing you conquer so you got to learn to coexist right right and and just um accept that life will never be the same again and that's just how it is and isn't that the same for everyone and with in their whatever tragedy we all go through it's just i did before this think of life as more of a linear thing where we just go through, you know, I had my vision of how it was going to be. And now I just like, who knows what will happen tomorrow. And I think a lot of us, you know, feel that same way in this country. We just, you just don't ever know. And so, so take today for what it's worth and, and that helps. And that's kind of my, the way I approached this from the moment I, we found out Holly had cancer and I kid you not, there has not been a day, even the day she died, that didn't have something beautiful about it. So I just think it's if you choose to see that, if you want to see that good, or if you want to just look at the bad, I think it's so much how we choose to look at life. Well, I tell you, one thing that I feel like I have learned from you, maybe more than anyone I've ever spoken to in my life, within or without the context of this podcast, is that in two calls now, both things, one thing that I feel like I really hope sticks with me and that I remember is that you have experienced an unimaginable level of pain that I think no one would ever envy and that and that anyone listening, uh, their, their hearts go out towards, but in the face of that, you have also shown in the course of two conversations so many times that by accepting that and reconciling that it was there, you also have been granted a wisdom that I do envy and an experience and an ability to recognize joy and, and positivity more than I think some of us as well. And I think, again, I am, uh, I find myself once again blown away by your ability to just say things like that that cut right to the core of it in a way that is just remarkable. And I thank you for that reminder. Thank you. And I, I will say, trying to figure out this life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And holy shit, do I hope that, uh, I can speak on behalf of everyone who's ever heard either of your calls. I I think on behalf of every single listener, I wish nothing more for you and your family than a life that throws you no more (laughs) curveballs or roadblocks or anything. I, uh, but it will. <laughs> it will. It will. Of course it will. And what a trite thing for me to even say, but it doesn't mean that I don't mean it with my full <laughs> heart and every ounce of passion in my gut. I appreciate it. And I'll tell you something else too. I'll tell you something else too is that uh, 
there's a lot of parents who listen to our show and a lot of people who I think are headed towards that and myself included. I would love to be a parent someday and to hear your mm-hmm. story. It's like the, uh, you know, it's like uh, anybody who's listening to it, I think would say like that, that it, 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 you went through a nightmare. You went through a nightmare that mm-hmm. a lot of people, <laughs> A lot of people who who are there would uh, a lot of people who who have that on their minds who either are parents or would like to be someday would hear that and that is the nightmare that that makes people nervous. But again, in in both of your calls, as you describe this nightmare, it's also something that I just over and over again realize like the ability, the 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 depth, the depths of love that um, you felt towards your daughter and that your your daughter also clearly helped uh helped bring into your life is again it's a nightmare that I would never wish on anybody and that I pray I you know don't don't have to live through but also it makes it so clear that 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 love between a parent and a child is is uh so real and so uh as someone who's not a parent yet that is something, that level of love is something so profound and so something to look forward to, you know, outside of the darkness. It really is just as you describe your relationship with your daughter and, and everything you felt towards her and she towards you, it is, it is, it's eye opening. Yeah. And I wouldn't trade it for anything even as painful as it's been. It was worth it. It's so worth it to have her in my life for that short period of time. And what a gift she was and my other children are to me, even though, I mean, it's not, it's still hard to be a parent (laughs) with those. It is hard to parent and hard to know how to do it right. But, um, but the, just that that um, blessing that they can be and the love that we can, and, and that no matter what happens, um, still love them and make it through. And yeah, thank you. <laughs> you do not need to thank me. I need to thank you <laughs> because uh, you uh, you've shared you have you you have you have I I think uh, and I I'm, I mean it's not it's not a I'm not trying to compared to anyone else, but I, I would say just on a personal level as the host of this show, uh, you know, almost 200 episodes in, I can say that both times I've talked to you, it's been, uh, I would say maybe just on a personal level, your calls are the ones that I have uh, maybe just sort of learned the most about life from. And uh, I can't thank you enough. Can't thank you enough. Well, thank you for giving me this platform. I just really, I took my oldest for her senior trip. We went to Las Vegas and watched Hamilton while it was there and loved it and wept through it. But at the end, that very last words is, who lives, who dies, who tells your story. And I just felt this overwhelming need to share Holly's story any chance I can get. So thank you for giving me a small platform to do that and to talk about her and to talk about her message and love in a world that needs so much more love and any chance I can have to 
have her legacy live on. Well, thank you for it's probably the greatest gift you can give me. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for trusting for me. Thank you for trusting yeah. my dumbass and this weird show <laughs> to be a vehicle by which people can hear this story. Because I'm, I'm, I'm truly. Uh, I, I take that as a a real challenge, and it sets the bar high. And I don't want to uh, let you down. And I'm just happy that you found this a place that you felt comfortable sharing and uh definitely also so how how good was hamilton right 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 my little eight-year-old had every word memorized of that musical he's obsessed with it what's his favorite <laughs> song what's his favorite song what is his favorite song i think it's um well he was just needed to listen to it yesterday and he really wants he loves hurricane and guns and ships is that what it's called? I think if you, those are two of his favorite. Six he's months ago, I would have he, launch into them. Oh, he's a continue. He's a funny kid. Just because he has, um, it was just fascinating when he discovered it, and he had to know every single last detail of Hamilton's life and everything that happened. He was very interested in that whole story, which for an eight-year-old seemed pretty grown up to need to know about our founding fathers, but he cares a lot about them. So <laughs> I, there must be a ton of parents lately who are like, thank you, Lin-Manuel Miranda. You somehow made learning <laughs> yes. about revolutionary era history. Cool. That's, even for me, I didn't know. I was pretty naive to, I didn't, I, I had forgotten everything I learned in school about all that time period. And so it inspired me. I read the book Hamilton and, and learned as much as I could. So that's an awesome musical. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. My daughter had just seen it a few months before, um, but was happy to see it again, and I really needed to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Great message. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I would have to... There's a... I... I I feel bad bringing it back up because we're laughing again, but there's there's also that beautiful stretch where uh, he has that beautiful song about dealing with the death of his son. Mm-hmm. That must mm-hmm. that must have been uh, half. I wept. I wept. I, I wept. can't imagine I it. Like, it was. Did you know that one was, was coming? Only, had you heard the soundtrack? Oh yeah, before? I knew the music. Oh yeah, I oh, listened good, to good, it good. already. It's so different s- though when you're actually watching it. Because I was going to say, and it was just. If you guys scored tickets to Hamilton and then that comes up halfway through and you don't know what's coming, I would have been like, son of a bitch, let these people have a good night. We just can't let these people, please. That would be awful. Yeah. No, we, um, it was just a few months after Holly had passed out my emotions. I didn't realize, I just never know what things are going to really trigger. But that was a trigger. And I, I couldn't even talk after for a good I just put my hand up to my daughter and my sister who was there with me and just had to go sit in a corner for like 15 minutes. And But but that kind of stuff I think is, for me, it's healthy just to feel and to cry. And I am i don't shy away from those things. I think for me, it's better to, to face them head on and, and feel yeah. it. And so it was, it was good in that way and, and really inspiring for me just to, that's awesome to tell her story. That's beautiful. And, I think I'll try and write it all in book form someday. Oh, we'll see if it happens. Let, <laughs> please let me know when it's happening. I'll make sure that <laughs> everybody listening to this show 
is aware because uh, I do think that the, you know a lot of the a lot of people listen. They are very very. They, I think a lot of people listen who listen feel very lucky that they have a chance to have your back and uh, let me know when it's coming. Also, how does that one okay. guy that one guy raps really fast, right? That one guy, I'm trying. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm okay. Just, my son can do it. My eight-year-old he can. Son, he can do it. Oh, that must oh, be totally. You must laugh your ass off when he comes <laughs> I do, out. I love it with the David Diggs part, right? You must just. Oh, that's awesome. He loves it. He just sat for hours and hours with it with his earbuds in, memorizing every word. Oh, that's awesome. So fun to watch. That's a happy. All my kids actually have just about the whole thing memorized. They were more into it than I was for years. I didn't realize how cool it was. They tried to tell me. I didn't listen. Yeah. It took me a while. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. Well, you know, it's pretty clear to me this feels like it's reaching an organic ending. I think, you know, if there's... It's also... Thank God we had a chance to plug Hamilton because Lord knows they need the help. And, uh, <laughs> oh, whatever. Tickets. If there's anything in this world that is not, <laughs> they are the one thing that figured it out. And I do apologize that in the end I feel a need to find a laugh because I'm an insecure comedian and I am not as good at processing emotions as you are. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm happy to laugh. It was so fun to go to your your comedy show and, and laugh with everyone else. I love oh, it. Oh, that's good. We'll that's take what, a laugh any chance I can get one. <laughs> I tell you, that's why I like being, I always tell myself before I go on stage, I go, if anybody's having a bad day and I can get them to laugh, they're having a little bit less of a bad day, that's a good job. Keep it up. Good job. And uh, yeah. again, thank you. It's Everything you have to say is hard, but you say it with such grace and uh, eye-opening, beautiful and once again, I find myself blown away by you and by your story. And I'm so lucky that I've been able to get to know you via these calls and just want to once again say that love is everywhere. That love is, is everywhere. Something that your daughter taught me that I've never forgotten and that I want to do my best to keep honoring. And it was so, mm, thank you. so good to talk to you again, even though I feel, uh, once again, like I have to say, I'm so, 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 so sorry to hear about everything that has happened. Thank you. I appreciate that. Can I, can we close this off with Holly singing a song and you can just turn this off whenever you want to and we can just let the world hear her cute little voice. Oh, you, you mean you have an actual record? Like I'll play an audio that I have and you can just cut it off when you're ready to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, we can play it right here. And also if you want to, if you want to send the file, we can, we can insert it in if we want it. A little higher quality. Well, I'll just put it on here and you can and see how it works. But thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank oh, you. Oh, this is it's about been to... a privilege and worth being nervous. I was so nervous for days. I it was, was worth too. it. <laughs> I was too, but you got me through it. And that again, <laughs> we, you. we made it through. And I would love to hear Holly right. and uh, okay, send so much you. love to you. And this is about to break thank my you. heart. All right. <laughs> thank you. Here she is. Hi, my name is Holly. These are my sisters, Abby and Emily, and this is Betstock.
Caller, I said it in the course of the call so many times. I will say it again. Thank you for being who you are and for being so honest with us about who you are and about what you've dealt with in life and about what you've lived through. And it gives me so much to think about. Thank you for uh, reminding us of the lessons that Holly taught you and, and has now taught all of us. Thank you so much. Thank you as well to Jared O'Connell and Harry Nelson for sitting in the booth next to me. Thank you to Justin Linville for all your help in my life. Thank you to Shell Shag. If you uh, like this show, you don't have to go and rate and review and subscribe on this one on Apple Podcasts because guess what? This is Stitcher Premium Exclusive, baby. But what you can do is tell your friends, get the word of mouth going. I think we're on to something really special here, so let the world know. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time on Beautiful Follow-Ups. And hey, everybody, it's Chris jumping back in here one last time. Hoping you enjoyed that. Very, very happy to uh, put that one out there. And again, I know it's a little weird to uh, plug a project at the end of something that's so emotional, so impactful. So I'll just keep it real quick and say that uh, the beautiful follow-up series, it's on Stitcher Premium. We've got so many callers you want to hear from again. Prison Bound and Escape from a Cult and just a lot of favorites, just a lot of people it's good to touch base with. So not trying to hammer it too hard, but stitcherpremium.com slash stories, the promo code stories, you get a free month and uh, a lot of good conversations sitting there. If you are so inclined, no pressure, but uh, enjoy them if you, uh, if you feel like it. Thanks so much. And we'll be back next week with a regular Beautiful Anonymous. You have a collect call from an inmate at a federal prison. To accept this call, press 5 now. A few months back on Beautiful Anonymous, we talked to someone who was about to head to a four-year prison stint. We were able to follow up with her. We actually talked to her in prison. Does it feel like a punishment? Does it feel like a penance? Absolutely. Um, you know, I have affected lives negatively, and that's, you know, I spent years selling, my husband and I were selling drugs. We were, I, I knew that I was taking away from people's families and I tried to I may, I was very good at justifying things check out beautiful follow-ups on Stitcher Premium and hear how she's doing pretty gripping stuff and I hope you enjoy it